Hello and welcome to the Victim Podcast. My name is Lamin Fadera presenting on this week's show. On today's podcast, we will focus on gender inclusion in transitional justice program in the Gambia. Our guest on the show is Tutin Yang, a gender consultant working for International Center for Transitional Justice Process in the Gambia, ICTJ. Tutin Yang told the Victim Podcast in an exclusive interview the significance of women participation in transitional justice process. It's very important and very key that women participate in the transitional justice process and this participation should go right up to the implementation of the post-TRRC processes too. It's important because like we always say, representation matters, right? If we're saying that we need um, gender equality, we, when we talk about an inclusive and a participatory process to right the wrongs that have been done the past 22 years. Last year, the TRRC sent its report to the President of the Republic on the 25th of November 2021 and the government made the document public on the 24th December 2021. One of its recommendation is the empowerment of women participation in all facets of the development in the Gambia. The ICTJ gender consultant Tutinyang told the Victim Podcast what the women are saying about the reparational bill. They also spoke about the need for the government to include in their reparations bill to make sure that special programs are targeted for women-friendly services, right? There's a certain part of um, a violation that is not an easy subject to deal with, which is SGBV. So they also talk about how to ensure that the government takes care of that part of the problem, right? How do we ensure that we do all of this, that we engage them in line with the do-no-harm approach in line with making sure that they not blame, in line with making sure that um, what they have lost in terms of their dignity, in terms of their opportunities, in, in terms of their livelihood. With this and a lot more you will hear in this exclusive interview with our special guest, Tutin Yang, a gender consultant working for the International Center for Transitional Justice. Welcome back. In case you are listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome on board. The objective of the Victim Podcast is to raise awareness about transitional justice beyond the work of the TRRC and highlight the importance of implementing the recommendations of the TRRC report. This podcast will create a platform for victims, civil society organizations, and NGOs to ensure co-raise awareness of the non-recurrence of human rights violations and the Never Again campaign is achieved in the form of a podcast. You can follow the Victim podcast on twitter facebook or better still on instagram let's go straight into details of today's program in its quest to empower women participation in transitional justice process the international center for transitional justice ictj were involved in community outreach program across the country to talk to women on the significant role they can play post drc ictj gender consultant tutinyang spoke to the victim podcast in an exclusive interview on a wide range of issues surrounding the transitional justice period and the gender participation in the transitional justice process. Let's take a listen to Tuti. My name is Tuti Nyang, the gender consultant at the ICTJ. Basically, one of my key roles is to ensure that gender, we enhance the gender work and the gender processes in this country now that we're 
have finished the TRRC, we are going to have a very important phase of the transitional justice, which is post-TRRC, where we consolidate all the efforts that have been, all the gains that have been realized in the TGA process. All right. So um, very interesting. I'm hopeful that we'll have a very interesting conversation and we will learn a lot from this conversation. But first, let's talk about the significance of women in transitional justice period before we go into the details of why they need to be included, why they need to participate uh, into this uh, transitional justice period. So let's talk about, you know, their important role that they can play in this period. Thank you, Lamin. Yes, you're right. Uh, it's very important and very key that women participate in the transitional justice process. And this this participation should go right up to the implementation of the post-TRRC processes too. It's important because, like we always say, representation matters, right? If we're saying that we need um, gender equality, we, when we talk about an inclusive and a participatory process to right the wrongs that have been done the past 22 years, then a key um, a key portion um, part of the population should participate, and that is women. They are over 60% up according to statistics. So their representation to reflect the needs and their to reflect their needs and their um, interests is quite key, right? When women participate, they will be represented. And when they are represented, their needs and their interests will reflect in whatever process or whatever document is um, is produced in the transitional justice context. And when we talk about women women participating, we're not only talking about them to participate as victims, which is also another key one because we need to know what they went through so that we can design programs and mechanisms to make sure that they're taking care of the rights that have been violated. To make sure that um, what they have gone through, at least they have been taken care of to make sure that um, they, they're given their rights back and their dignities are restored. So basically, when they participate, we will know what their problems are. When we know what their problems are, they're the best people to say that this is what we need, this is how we need it. For example, ICTJ have just come back from a regional consultations. You know, the, the Ministry of Justice is in the process of um, developing a victim's reparations bill, right? That bill should represent what women also need need because it should have a gender aspect. So we have just come back from the regional consultations in June where we interviewed over 150 women and they have talked about their needs, not only their needs, but they have talked about their ordeals and they have also given the best guide on how to address the issues that they have been going through. So when the bill comes out, it will hopefully reflect what the women have told us. And this is not just the women we have engaged, but all the civil society organizations who have been engaging with women will make sure that their needs and their interests reflect in the victims' reparations bill. Mm-hmm. So it's quite key that they um, they participate not just as victims, but they participate as um, leaders from the design stage up to the point that we are implementing. Yes, one of the advice the TRRC uh, recommend to the government of Uganda is that especially women inclusion in some of these healing process because during the course of the TRRC, few women came out to speak about their ordeals and some of the things that happened to them. So um, gender inclusion is very, very important in this aspect. And the advice to the government is that they need to make sure that women are also given the right approach so that they can be part of this uh, period. 
But I mean, having said that, you mentioned key factors. That is community outreach. I mean, that you went to. What are they saying? They are saying a lot of things when we in, when we engage the women in the rural area. Because don't forget, the women in the rural area is in two folds. Their issues. One of the key problems we have is um, traditionally they excluded because of the fact that they are a group that in our cultural society they not usually factored in in a lot of ways but they also live in the remote areas where they don't have access to key information where they also don't interact a lot with the policy makers right there is a lot of um, issues that they need to discuss or maybe they need they addressed which they don't have the platform to do it when we went to the women in the rural areas, they, they talk about all of these things. They talk about what they went through during the past 22 years, especially those who were victims, right? It's either their primary victims or their secondary victims. Even if they were not the ones who have not been arrested or tortured, they are also secondary victims by virtue of the fact that the head of their family have been arrested or their son have been arrested. They have the emotional trauma to deal with. Some of their partners or some of their sons, siblings who have been arrested were also the breadwinners, right? So for them, women's issues are quite multidimensional and they spoke about that, right? They also spoke about the need for the government to include in their reparations bill to make sure that special programs are targeted for women-friendly services, right? There's a certain part of a um, violation that is not an easy subject to deal with, which is SGBV. So they also talk about how to ensure that the government takes care of that part of the problem, right? How do we ensure that we do all of this, we engage them in line with the do-no-harm approach, in line with making sure that they not blame, in line with making sure that um, what they have lost in terms of their dignity, in terms of their opportunities, in, in terms of their livelihood is given back to them, right? In targeted programs that will ensure that um, they they also feel, live meaningful lives, right? So what they told us basically is, has shown us that whatever intervention or whatever mechanism we use now going forward, they will first of all, they also appeal for, um, for them to be involved. Mm? And we're not involving them just to tick a box. We're involving them right from the design stage. The victim's bill, for example, is at the design stage. We went to them. They talk about what they went through. They talk about the best ways to make sure that um, their issues are addressed. Mm? Right from the engagement, the um, constant engagement, consulting them on every aspect of the process, the information that they need to make sure that we give it to them so that they will be able to decide on the best way to take care of their needs. Impressive. Um, impressive. And one of the factors that you mentioned also is very key is that even women who are not victims to also be part of this transitional justice period. Um, how important is that in this crusade? It is very important. Like I said earlier, and I keep saying this, um, representation matters. If you're saying that you're here to solve or to ensure that the Gambia will go through um, development or will try to achieve its development goals, especially sustainable development goals. You cannot do it with just one portion or one part of the population, right? So it becomes problematic if you remove at least a good 60% of the population or you don't empower them to participate, how they should participate, if you remove that population from the development of the Gambia. So moreover, transitional justice, because transitional justice, we're basically trying to 
transform the Gambia to ensure that the wrongs would be taken care of, that wherever there were problems, where women were disempowered, where women were abused, that we have programs that will ensure that that doesn't happen again and that they, they participate. Uh, like, like I said, not just participate as victims, but to also voice out their their they're what they're going through and to also because if you want to help someone you help them by coming down to what they want but also if you want to help me you need to hear no, my perspective you know exactly what you yes want. you can't solve a problem thinking outside of the um, including that person who has been affected Mm-hmm. For example, they, when we went to the certain communities, w- women have said that one of their key problems is um, because once what they went through now is difficult for society. To, some part of society is blaming them or community is blaming them. For example, an SGBV violation, right? So now they have a problem of so even integrating into that community very well without feeling that people are throwing words at them or people are looking down on them. For example, a woman said they, they don't just need livelihood support because when they were being violated, they lost their livelihood support. They lost their earnings and opportunities to live meaningful lives. But also they say they need counseling. And then it will be easy because once they participate and they, they tell you their felt needs, they tell you what they need, it will be easy to go and design that with them and then develop something that will help them. There's a beauty of allowing women to participate meaningfully. When they participate, they will tell you their problems. They will give you the best ideas on how to help them within their own context. And context and representation matters. They go hand in hand. Yep, the ICTJ also is playing a big role in making sure that all these things will become successful at the end of the day. Because inclusion, when we talk about women representation, is one of the key things that they want to see happen in this country. You're right. Um, and that is why ICTJ, since it came into the Gambia, have been giving technical support, not just to state actors but non-state and actors we have a lot of CSO partners that we work with and we work with them by giving them technical support and just recently we have also started giving funding to CSO groups who will enhance the work especially on women work on women inclusion especially in the post-TRRC process, specifically on the reparations. Mm-hmm. So ICTJ have been doing that because they are not going to be here forever. If they empower civil society to integrate into their work with gender inclusion and the process of gender inclusion, it will be easy for Gambians to own the process and then run away with it. And that is what is ICTJ's key objective. That's to lay the foundation. Yes. Uh, and to you never again campaign. Campaign, also. yes. But you can do that when you enhance the custodians of these processes. Mm? So that is what ICTJ have been doing. That is why we went to the regional consultations just recently to support the government that when the time comes for them to design or draft the victims' reparations bill, they will have had a good consultative process that will inform them. And once they inform about people's needs and interests, it will enrich the process. So ICTJ for them is continue empowering civil society, continue empowering the the traditionally excluded in our societies, continue giving support, technical support to the government to reach its goal. Talk about the implementation of the TRRC report. One of these recommendations is that the people that are perpetrators who cause a lot of harm to a lot of women in this country to be prosecuted. How important is this for the women in this country? I'm happy that you brought this up. 
when we engage the women, especially in the rural areas, like I said, obviously they came up with what they want government to do. They brought in a lot of recommendations. And key among them was also prosecution. Mm-hmm. For them, because they have been hurt, two things happened to them. Their rights have been violated, they have been disrespected, but they also been blamed at the level of the communities. Mm? Yeah. So for them to validate what they have gone through, it's important that prosecutions happen. But in as much as they want prosecution, they also want certain reforms to happen. For example, institutional reforms that will ensure that institutions are so strong that one person cannot abuse it and then also invoke a lot of pain and rights violations on them. So they did say that they want prosecution because then that will make sure that what they have said has happened to them will be validated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The part of the community that keeps blaming them because there's a lot of victim blaming that we need to address mm-hmm. will also be taken care of, right? But then we also have to manage expectations in terms of that area. Yeah. We have told them, yes, you want prosecution. And yes, it's part of the government plans as it has been outlined in the government white paper. But then it could take time. It could take resources. And with women's needs, like most of the other needs, they are multidimensional. They don't just want prosecution. Prosecution will have to go side by side with institutional reforms, with security sector reforms, and even with giving them counseling, their livelihood support. In fact, that was, you know, also mentioned in the TRC report to the government, one of its recommendations, institutional reform, you know, training these staffs as well. Exactly. You know, to make sure that all these things are in place. Yeah. You know, even in different offices in the Gambia where, you know, women's rights are violated, mm-hmm. all those things need to be looked at. Exactly. So we have to also manage expectations. Gambia is not a country that has got a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. So we need to take that into context when we are trying, when we help them advocate for prosecution. It's, it should happen. Right, because it's their pain. They understand what they went through, how they went through it, and the the, the adverse effects it have on them. So, like they said, they would like to see prosecution happen. But also, on top of prosecution happening, they said they also wanted to see institutional reforms. Because I remember a woman said, if we are given reparations and the institutions have not been reformed, systems are not in place, then the same problem will continue, and then it would it will even make prosecution difficult. Mm? So this is why it's important that. We also talk about this. These conversations need to continue happening at the regional level, especially those who were abused. That, yes, you want prosecution to happen, but how do we also, as um, duty bearers, uh, manage expectations and also make sure that whilst even though prosecution may take time because of the investigation it needs, the resources, the technical resources it needs, their needs can be taken care of in terms of life, giving them livelihood support, in terms of even empowering them to take the lead in the reparations process. And also counseling, how do we ensure that we counsel them but mindful of our cultural context? They did talk about prosecution. But they also went deeper to say that, yes, they understood that for prosecution to happen, certain systems or certain things should be in place to enhance the process of prosecution. And one of the reports also, um, recommendation to the government through the SGPV is the community outreach program, which I think you guys have already been doing. 
and also um, civic education um, is also part of this and also women empowering empowerment i mean empowering these women is also you know putting them to the next level at least they will be par uh, with you know men in this country they have talked about um, community outreaches and happily for us this is what ictg have been doing we have been conducting a lot of community outreaches in very hard to reach areas we have engaged women like i always say and I mean this in a very good way. They are very aware. They they know their issues, and they are very good at articulating their issues and also telling us how they think these issues can be taken care of. Luckily for us, we have done a lot of outreaches, and the conversations are ongoing. We keep getting a lot of information from them, which will guide us to at least help the government technically or the state actors technically to ensure that at their own level too, they continue to engage target groups. You also mentioned um, women empowerment. Women empowerment, even minus the TGA process, is key, but more so in the TGA process. It's simple. You can't empower women if they're not part of it, if they don't take, if they're not active agents. When, when you want women to, uh, when you want women empowerment, what do you do first? You make them, you make sure that they are partners. The level, the playing ground is level for everyone to participate meaningfully. So we don't, when we talk about women empowerment, like I always say, we're not saying it so that we can tick a box and say, oh, 50 women came and 50 men came. But when, they, what, when the 50 women came, what did they do? What has it resulted? Input their input is important. Their needs are important. Their views are important. Their perspectives from a woman's point of view is important. Mm -hmm. So that's what ICTG have also worked on to make sure that we help empower the women groups and also empower women to be able to articulate their needs, to be able to be ensure that they influence the process. They are part of the influencing of the process and they take basically they take um, active roles. Yeah. Yeah, because they, we're not just saying they, they're a woman. We need to empower them by helping them. They don't need to be helped. They need to be empowered to be part of the process. Now, um, your final message to the public, especially, you know, women and, you know, the girl child or let's say uh, the people that are in the gender category. But again, also the posteriority, how important is this for every single individual, especially women? post trc is key it's it's a very critical point that we're in now if we get this the post trc right mm, then all the things that have been wrong during the tga process or during the transitional process can be rectified mm. a lot, we have we have um we have identified a lot of gaps that has happened when the transitional justice process started back in 2017 Mm -hmm. We have seen not much have been achieved in terms of the security sector reform. We have seen a draft constitution, especially the women's bill. Mm -hmm. We have also seen how the institutional reform, institutional reform is going. Mm -hmm. So if we don't now try to regroup and re-strategize and make sure that the women or that the process is inclusive. And when I talk about inclusive, we talk about every category of the traditionally excluded in the society, youth and women. Mm? There's a lot of programs for them, but their inclusion sometimes is very minimal. Mm? So now if we don't try to regroup and re-strategize mm, and make sure that all of these groups that we that we excluded in 
every phase of the process have now come together and then we work together to make sure that um, the Gambia is the Gambia that we want. The Gambia that is not only developed, but the Gambia that respects women's rights and is and advocates for it and ensures that they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Not just from a perspective where we say, oh, we need to include women, let's include them, or oh, they need help, let's give them 500 million. They don't need just need 500 million. They need representation. Mm-hmm. They need to be counterparts, equal counterparts to the male, to their male, to the male group. Mm-hmm. Because once they, for example, look at the National Assembly. We don't have much women there, do we? No. So when the time comes to discuss women issues, are they going to rely just on those five people, no. five women? They haven't even moved emotion. Exactly. So this, the, you see, you see the problem with when women don't participate. No. Mm-hmm. The laws that we make will not reflect their needs. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the programs and the approaches that we take will not be friendly for them. And then it cannot address their needs. Then that, it means the program or the project has failed before it even started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's important in this post-CRRC process, what is key is gender. Gender inclusion, gender mainstreaming. How do we make sure that women's representation is also you see it's not just women who should advocate for women's empowerment it should also be men mm? because they have the upper hand in some ways uh? working closely together will, with women will enhance the post-TRRC process will ensure that all the things that have been outlined in the TRRC report especially the violations have taken place will, will, they will, women will then men will then work hand in hand with women to make sure that they put this country right, mm? in, in, irrespective of tribe, irrespective of religion, irrespective of um, where you belong. belong mm? We just see the Gambia as Gambia. We don't see Gambia because you're a particular tribe, you're a particular religion, or you belong to a party, particular party. That is why it's important that women come and when they come, not just to come as victims or beneficiaries, but to come as agents. The agency should be felt in this process to make it successful. It's important that they do that. All right, that was Tuti Nyang, Gender Consultant for International Center for Transitional Justice in the Gambia. Well, this is all about it for today's program on the Victim Podcast. You can join our next episode. Many thanks to Tuti Nyang for coming through the program. Don't forget to subscribe on our page, The Victim Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.